Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Red Men podcast. I'm Paul Machen. I am back. I am back with Chris Pajak. We've got Mick Moran and we've got Sam Walker with us as well for this one. Uh, we've got a few of your kickoff questions uh, to gently ease us into what I'm sure will be a uh, rather impassioned show there on in. We're going to be talking about, obviously, the fallout from Liverpool, Man United being postponed, the fan protests, how Sky covered it, Neville, uh, what happened sort of Neville. next... Neville. 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 Um, yeah, the de facto leader of all football now, for better or for worse. Um, <laughs> if you've got any thoughts on anything, please do let us know. If you're watching live, uh, you can get them into the comments section alongside and we'll get through as many of them as possible toward the back end of the podcast. But yes, the first kickoff question this week comes from Stephen Caldwell, who asks the important question, the burning question in these dark <laughs> days. Um, if you could give one animal power to a current player, slash yourself um what would it be and why chris pager i didn't see the yourself bit i just yeah, I, I just yeah. I, I stopped reading after current player and so i went i get can i walk you through me and i would expect yeah. that less because <laughs> then i was like oh this would be great i'm just defo going chameleon here uh-huh. so salah on the shoulder blended in with the defenders right and then i thought who's gonna see him that's a fucking stupid power bobby Thiago. bobby's not gonna be able to see fucking salah so he's not gonna play the pass so then yeah, right, i need something where salah can get free can we can we just walk the comedian one through one second okay. if you could change your arms to be the same as like the sponsor boards behind you'll have no more of that yet yeah fantastic <laughs> actually but again the ball wouldn't get to him so we'll leave that for now and then i was like i just need to create a little bit of separation with salah so what i'm going to give him is the power of an electric eel just something where like the defenders <laughs> running through and they were there and then ah! and just, salah just runs through and scores a goal and i'm like yeah that's the fucking one you boys. want salah you want salah to be able to tase <laughs> defenders is what you're saying <laughs> Just a small, just piece. enough to make him fall over and look stupid. Tease him just a smidge, um, right? Okay, yeah, cool. Uh, Sam, have you got any uh, anything further than than tasing opponents? But I reckon VAR is still stitches on that tase. It'd be a foul, <laughs> wouldn't it, Defo? Yeah. <laughs> um, you maybe only get go... away with that once a season. Yeah, Defo. <laughs> I reckon I'd probably go with giving Nat Phillips. The speed of like a cheater or something like that, because he's an absolute beast in the air, and he's so give give him yeah. give him some pace. And we don't even need verge back then, do we? <laughs> 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 I jest, I jest. No, yeah, yeah. gotta be. 
bringing it back to reality a little bit because Chris went street fighting on me there and I can't compete with that. So I'm going to say, yeah, give, give old Matt some, some pace. And also it'd be nice to be quick as well. I might improve my running times once in a while. Okay, sounds yeah, great. Well, yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair. And there's a, an obvious connection there. You write the street fighter Blanca connection with the Brazilians, like I mean, that would have been a, a real potential there. Um, what you got? Uh, I think Chris is still mine, to be honest. I think I'd probably give that though to Fab and just everyone should scare the Fab anyway. So just give him electric heel powers, and everyone's just gonna, not, not even going to come near him. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, you got the, he is already the ultimate DM. If you gave him some sort of offensive weaponry in, in addition to that. Yeah, that'd be Would fun. it be fair to have Gogo Gadget legs and the powers of the electric eel, though? Yeah, yeah, no, true. Well, look, it's not about fairness, this Chris, isn't it? Some animals are just born with <laughs> abilities beyond those of other animals. You know, turtles compared to cheetah and all that, like you mean, the gutted, but you know, you've got other things to make up for it. I like the idea of, of it being a defensive reflex, you know, like, so it's not Sal like, like, going like, it's like, like someone farts. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's a chance to a shirt, like you mean, to every time a shirt gets pulled, it's got like an electrified, cl- electrified like clothing. That'll stop. That'll stop a lot of the uh, contact. Uh, I like that. I yeah, like that. Yeah. Jota maybe the power of a kangaroo jump, like a good twenty-five feet jump, just to spring from nowhere for free kicks and stuff. Make sure you're on side by miles. Jota's not involved. Leap, header, goal. Yeah, yeah. I think that's all good. I've gone for something a little bit left field on this, and it's not something that would add to uh, to anyone's powers in any way, shape, or form. I've just gone for a. Uh, the leopard skin for Bobby Firmino because I think he'd fucking love it. He'd rock it. Yeah. He'd just love to be, he just love to be naturally leopard print, I think. I think it would fit in with, you know, like people going like, and what and what do you do? Can you run as fast or jump as fast? He's going, this is it, boys. Just, this is just, just looks cool, doesn't it? Just looks a bit, well, just looks a bit mad. Although, I think that Man United fan on the pitch, they already yeah. had that one, didn't he? <laughs> I was going to say that, you know. There's a protest. Have you got me leopard skin pants? Fred, Fred, Fred. Have you got the top half of the zebra? I'm in your old leopards. <laughs> Where are you? I'm in the ground. I'm outside. I'm outside the hotel. What are you doing? What are you doing in the ground? Oh, I look so stupid. You're not as stupid as me. I've got the head on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Ridiculous. Um, good games to laugh at it. Um, Right, get, get your suggestions for animal powers for Liverpool players in the uh, in the in the comments. Um, LFC, uh, yeah, that was by that was from Stephen Cole. So, uh, thank you so much for that question. Uh, LFC Red uh, YNWA on Twitter says, uh, Chris, how did you find life without Twitter? How was it when all those things were happening and you couldn't tweet? I, I, I generally don't anyway, for the most part. I'll, I'll retweet things that I think are important and stuff like that. Um, it wasn't too much different for me, to be honest. Like, I could sit, I mean, if Ross was here, I could, he kept telling me his funny tweets, like, all <laughs> afternoon. He was like, and I'd be like, you're fucking wasted in real life, you lads. Yeah. You re-, and he'd just go, uh, and, and then someone... Did he would, go, did he go, uh, office, office gif? No, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> but there was one where he went, ah, this. And I went, oh, that's good, that. And then half an hour later, I went, look, Rash, they've done it. And he went, no, oh, come on. I was like, yeah, you had that well first, didn't you, mate? So it didn't make much difference to me, but poor Rash was gutted. I, uh, yeah, I thought it was a bit weird, wasn't it, Sam? I, I, like, I... I, like obviously we've done the blackout on on the red men meetings and I never said expressly I was going to do it on my own but I was also away with the family so I wasn't going to be doing much anyway I, I, I found myself the problem is I found myself like just 
brain dead scrolling through Twitter and liking random things. They go, oh shit, should I, but uh, uh, should I be doing that? Should I go, oh, I've liked it now. Do I unlike and then what does that say to the people I've just unliked, liked and unliked? So a couple of things I liked, I was oh fuck it, it's fine. But it was a weird world to be in where there's a, Twitter exists to comment for, to live commentate on life. And it was a very weird experience where Stan Collymore became like the, the like the the leader of the pre- of the press and the the only source of information coming out because he was basically the only guy who went like and, and rightly so. He I thought his statements on it was really interesting. Like saying like I've been getting abuse for for years and no one stood up and blah blah blah. And a token gesture is not going to do it for me. Another thing for another day. But it was a weird world to be in, wasn't it? Where all the usual sources just went. Active this Liverpool released their statement via like BBC Radio Merseyside or something, didn't they? Instead of putting it out themselves, it was weird, very weird. Yeah, it, it was, and I think it was more so instant news, wasn't it? Because there was quite a lot of people who didn't, it wasn't just institutions like Red Men and Liverpool, and I mean, some of the brands, but <laughs> nice one, yeah, and other big institutions, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the club, you know, like Nike and IBM and Apple and all that. <laughs> um, no, but I think it was, it was like, like. As you boys know, I'm, I'm a, a, a cricket fan and I was trying to follow Lancashire's game and it was just impossible. I kept having to go to the Sky Sports website who were like 10 overs behind all the time. And it, it was just, it's just, it was just a different world, but it was just full of um, obviously lots of, of fan opinion and, and people opinion. And like you say, it was more prevalent of, of people as opposed to adverts and, and, and big companies putting stuff out. So it was, it almost reminded me of being in Facebook before. When, when Facebook was just sort of new, when we, we left MySpace and migrated over, and it was like when Facebook was just you and your mates commenting on things and what was going on, and you can, it was it was a bit like those days, but obviously with all the things that come with Twitter, it was strange. But yeah, Colin Moore, fair play to him, you know, each to their own. At the end of the day, yeah. How did you how did you handle it, me? Yeah, it, it was a bit of a strange time because I think I was doing the same. I was like searching for like Liverpool rearranged, thinking that like all the journals would be like, oh yeah, the Liverpool came getting rearranged to this day, and obviously no one was tweeting anyway. So I was like, well, that's a fucking dead starter. So yeah, it was it was nice in a way because um, I try and obviously like Ross a little bit. I try and do like a couple a day, obviously off the copyright account and off mine as well. But uh, it was nice in a way to kind of just turn that off and think, well, I don't need to go on Twitter because there's a blackout. So I've got no reason to go on there now. So it was kind of just like a bit of a, yeah, bit of a cleanse for me, and I felt a bit fresh coming back, back this morning, back to the, back to the normal, normal grind again. But yeah, yeah, it was nice. The Twitter, the social media equivalent of a caloric irrigation, just not, not having loads of shit, <laughs> built up shit uh, everywhere, uh, getting in the way. Um, yeah, it was bad. It was, it was a really weird. Thing. It was one of those situations, wasn't it, though, Chris? Where, like. <sighs> it was, it was an important thing. It was great to take a stand and all that, but it. it Journalists didn't need to be taking blackouts when because you've got news to you've got news to report. You know, I thought it was an unusual. It was an, it was a mad situation for there to be none of the usual sources and none of the normal a lot of the normal people there at the sort of at, at the cold yeah, phase but of it. I respect the journalists that did, and I respect for, for different reasons the journalists that didn't because. You make a personal stand on things. It doesn't matter if your company's going to carry on or whatever. It's about you showing what you want. And if you agree with it, then you absolutely should stand up for it and not and, and have the social media blackout. There was one guy, who was it, who, who broke his social media silence to just basically call out Sunesh and then said, really important um, to 
break out from my social media blackout just to call Sunes and Nobed, basically. Yeah. And I thought that was quite amusing. Th- that was well. probably the most common. It was probably trending. I'm just going to break my social media boycott for dot 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 was like one of the one of the underrated tweets of the weekend of like people just popping their head up to go, ah, lob a lob a stone and then dip back out, dip back out again. Uh, it was it was a bizarre. Maybe realise though that like I, Twitter, although I'm not I'm not the most active tweeter. Mm-hmm. I am absolutely ingrained into the ecosystem of searching for news on there. Yeah. And, I, and it made me sort of think about, like, well, if there was no Twitter, what what would you do? Yeah. Because, like, it was hard finding information out yeah. on things. And I was like, I, I'm, I've almost forgotten, like... Teamtalk.com used to be where I used to go for my football news <laughs> 20 years ago. Like, And now I, I can't remember the last time I typed that in other than this weekend. You don't you... get your news from and, and from no other social platform does that as well. Which is the, This is why Twitter still exists, by the way, is that because it's, an, it's an, an abhorrent cesspool, but it still remains the most, the fastest updated way of getting hold of things and reaction and, and all those kind of things. Like all those videos from on the pitch all ended up on Twitter, whether they came from Instagram stories or TikTok or whatever, they all ended up on Twitter within within minutes and, 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 and hours anyway. So yeah, it proved itself. It proved its value in, in that regard. But you're right, it's 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 you're right, that's where I do. That's my that's my morning port of call a lot of the time. You've got a, a blank space in your day and you just want to feel connected to what's going on around. No website has that in the same way that the Twitter does. It was weird. It was very it was a very, very odd thing, particularly given the circumstances, because yeah, there was a new video cropping up every 30 seconds that was like we had, WhatsApp groups were probably busier than they've ever been ever so, I mean Colin Moore definitely did numbers oh god yeah like <laughs> I, I had a Twitter to make me home page open and just Colin Moore and I think one woman from The Athletic as well um, who was who was doing some important updates and stuff like that that was kind of it though like it was all the three of us were like Colin Moore's updates again okay great right, so, so, here we go yeah Mad like, mad, yeah, it really was. was. Very mad indeed. Uh, right, we're going to be talking a little bit about the fallout from it, a little bit about what happens next for Spirit of Shankly uh, and Liverpool and their owners, FSG and all that kind of stuff in a moment. We're going to take a very short break, but it's not really a break because we're going to introduce some amazing content to you. Uh, we do the Around the League show every single week. Ben and Ross do a fantastic job of that. Uh, it streams on the RedmenTV.com and we had a United fan on to talk about some of the reasoning behind the protest. Have a little look at this. The Glazers have been in power now at Manchester United for 16 years. 16, I don't. I, I mean, I might have missed it, but I don't even think I've seen an interview with any of them talking about Manchester United. I don't think they've done that. They talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which they seem to care about, and that seems to be their main priority. And we hear them, you know, doing press conferences and interviews around that. But we never hear from these owners. They're so they're completely aloof. All Manchester United is to them is, is a business. That's it. And what they don't get is it's more than a business. This is a football club with fans, with real fans that care about it. Every single Manchester United fan that was there on Sunday was there for one reason, because we love Manchester United Football Club, because we can see what is happening to Manchester United Football Club and we want to do something about it. That's why we're there. Listen, I don't want to come on here now and be talking about a protest. I'd rather, we came on here and we were talking about Manchester United beating Liverpool, obviously. And that's what I want as a United wouldn't fan. Have invited you. Yeah, that would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get that. I'm probably, yeah, I'm probably working on this, on this channel. But that's what I want to be talking about. I don't want to have to go on a Sunday and protest. I'd rather I didn't have to do that, but I have to because I love my football club and I can see what's happening to it. Hold up. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Everyone, welcome back. Yes, you can check out the Around the League show and that full interview discussion. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic show. The lads do a, a brilliant job of covering the football issues around Liverpool, around the league, and the things that are going on. A perfect time for that, really. So it's not just us sat here talking about you know the Reds, although there's tons of that stuff over there as well. But yeah, go and sign up uh, to the RedmenTV.com uh, and get access to our full streaming service. Right. Um, sorry, my, uh, Ross has just WhatsApp me to say leave my WhatsApp my gifts alone. Uh, I was trying to find the Michael Scott Winking one and send it to him, but I ran out of time. Um, the um, right, so, um, so uh, Spurs Shankly. Um, before we delve into some more of the fallout from the, the weekend, just to get everyone updated on what's happening, because I realise some of this isn't as public knowledge. I, we pay attention to this stuff. A lot of us here will pay attention to this stuff, but I know it doesn't necessarily filter into a lot of people's news feeds, particularly because of the blackouts. But uh, Spurs Shankly are meeting with Billy Hogan today. Uh, they've got a, a statement out on the website now saying, following the result of our survey and mandate from members to engage with LFC on calling for a formal recognition agreement, and spirit of Shankly representation at board level with a meeting with Chief Executive Billy Hogan and club representatives on Tuesday the 4th of May 2021. It's an encouraging first step as the club attempt to restore fans' faith and need for positive change. Uh, we're also pleased to confirm after meeting earlier this week that Cop Outs, Liverpool Disabled Supporters Association, Merseyside branch of the official LFC Supporters Club and Spying Cop 1906 are now affiliated to Spirit of Shankly. We're delighted to have the backing of their members and supporters and we will represent their views in any upcoming discussions. We will provide regular updates to our members and affiliates as appropriate as talks with LFC progress over the coming weeks. Um, now, Chris, I think it's interesting because the, obviously we had a lot of this stuff. I'm sure you got tons of it on, on Sunday. I've seen people t- tweeting me about it and people are just asking the questions into the ether really about what happens and what are Liverpool doing and what are the fans doing and what comes next and, and what have you. And this is what comes next. You know, Spirit of Shankly um, invited their members' uh, opinions over what their approach should be on this. And resoundingly, it was an option for people to say, disengage with FSG owners and demand FSG out. And it's worth reminding to people that that was not an option that was taken. It was overwhelmingly against that as a yeah, If, a, I, as if a, I remember as a correctly, 69% of the vote said, don't do that. 
don't disengage and start shouting FSG out in any way. And, you know, I think there was, it was 80 plus percent, 89 maybe, something like that, who wanted uh, board representation uh, from Spurs to Shankly um, and to open that Discord with the CEO and Liverpool Football Club. And that's what Liverpool have got. Billy Hogan obviously put a letter out last week, which we spoke about um, on last week's podcast, I think it was. Um, and now this is it. This is because there were so many people, as you say, Paul, on Sunday where they were going to me, what's going on? Why aren't Liverpool doing this? Well, this is the reason why, because Liverpool have gone and they've got a meeting with the CEO, Billy Hogan of Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. This isn't like absentee owners and, and, you know, there's no one running the football club or whatever for Manchester United. I don't know where Edward Wood's up to. I might have might have misspoke there. Yeah. Um, but this is it. This is what Spirit of Shankly are doing right now. They are going in and they are speaking to Billy Hogan and the next steps will come out of that. Yeah. And then if if there is no board representation, then I imagine that they've got a course of action. If there is board representation, then I imagine there's a course of action. And so now, as it is for Liverpool fans, for me anyway, and, and, and I know this for you as well, um, we're, we're both members of Spirit of Shankly and we are waiting to see what they do. And just to clarify on that, because I, I, I've, I've always stayed clear of Spirit of Shankly. I was never really, I never, I never really bought, I never really saw, saw the, I understood them, and when we came into into existence and really became aware of the idea that there was even a Liverpool C, Liverpool was just you went with your dad to the match, you know, up until a point where we started doing Red Men, and there were a bunch of different organisations, so we never really nailed our colours to to a mass because there was Help Save LFC was one that we worked quite closely with, yeah, because we knew some good people involved with that. We were never particularly close with a lot of the people at, at SOS, but we've also never been not close in the, in, in the same way. But we, you know, I know personally, and we didn't do this, you know, in unison or ever or whatever, but independently both up this is probably a decent time to actually get involved with this just to just to keep abreast of what's going on yeah, as much yeah. as um and just to just Chris you 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 referenced it before just so people are aware I've got the 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 results of the 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 poll that they put out to SOS members for 89% of the voters were to engage with FSG and, demand, FSG and demand SOS representation at board level in relation to issues that impact fans in the Anfield community for 84% of people were for to engage with FSG and demand a formal recognition agreement with Spirit of Shankly and for 88% to engage with FSG for Liverpool to join with SOS and lead the reform agenda ahead of and in conjunction with the national fan led review and against 66% there's no engagement in FSG out so just to clarify when people ask the questions of like why is the no where, why aren't people storming the gates at Anfield and doing that just now that might well come yeah by the way I'm not saying that will never that will never happen but just so that was you know uh, that, that's the reason of why this is kind of kind of is why it is now um and this is the point, isn't it, Sam, really, is that this isn't the solution. And we'll know more this afternoon and probably tomorrow when we'll see what kind of happens with it. And, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a, there's a, the cynics amongst us all and probably in us all, really. We'll, you know, we'll kind of wait and see. It's all words until there's actual direct action. But Liverpool are in an uncomfortable situation here, really, aren't they, where I'm not sure that... The, dragging John W. Henry out onto the streets and, and you know and, and eating FSG is really the, the solution to the problem at the moment. There definitely needs to be a, a bit more nuance to it, but we'll see. You know, again, this is this is a step on a, a step on a, on a path, not the end, the end destination. Yeah, I'm 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 glad that the club have agreed to meet with SOS because it just shows that they're interested. If anything, they're interested in what the fans are thinking and have to say and. And we are sort of mild stakeholders in the club, so to speak. Um, I'm really intrigued to see what comes of it because I think 
as fans at this time at the moment, it's we, we need to sort of have a look at ourselves and establish who where we are in the game and what position we hold in the game. So, because I do believe that some fans feel that we are a little bit more important than we are, if that makes sense. That sounds really bad. But I think what we've also got to remember is that FSG, the Glaziers, Abramovich and all these other owners in the, in the league, you know, Michelle, you know, they, they own the football clubs and it's their football clubs. So I think some, sometimes demand a position on a board of something that you have no financial input on so to some extent is very, is very difficult to kind of justify. But mm-hmm. what I am glad about is that the club are willing to engage in the conversation because I think that's the important thing because I think fans are massively important to the game of football. I just feel that we need to be careful and we need to understand exactly what we want and why we want it because it's just a tricky... We're, we're, we were talking about it before the show, we're in a position now where football sort of showing its true self to everybody, a bit like, like we said, a bit like politics has in the last five years or so. And I, and I think fans will all have different kind of interpretations of that. So I'm really intrigued to see what comes of SOS, what comes of what Liverpool said and what the next steps are. Mm-hmm. Mick, what are, your, what are your sort of feelings on all this, mate? <clears throat> yeah, it's like, like Sam said, it, it's nice that like FSG are getting involved in this. Obviously, uh, the, the meetings there with Billy Hogan, that's, like, like I said, it's small steps in the, in the right direction. And it seemed like a, on Twitter especially, uh, like you said, uh, I was on Twitter but I wasn't posting anything, but I was seeing a lot of like, the United fans saying, well, why aren't the clubs doing this? Like you said, Paul, like storming the ground and doing all these kind of protests. And it's like, well, we've got this meeting with the with the chief executive. If What happens from here what is, is is the natural course of what's going to happen. We just we just don't know. Whatever comes from this is is something might happen from this. We, we, we just don't know. But it's like like Sam said, it's, it's a positive step that this is happening. If it can... I mean, FSG have got a long road back to them in terms of remedying any um, broken bridges and stuff like that, like we touched on on the last pod. But um, yeah, it's it, it's a small step, but it's a, it's, a, it's the right step as well to try to try and see what 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 we can do going forward. Yeah, and it's a baby step. I'm not going to sit here and say we should be like thankful. Let's all praise our our Boston overlords and say thank you so much for being so lovely at doing all this. But again, it, we, it, it's all dependent on what comes from the conversations, Chris, because, and I think the part, we were talking about this and <clears throat> I, I will kind of, some of this will sort of blend into the, the United stuff naturally. Um, but you have to be careful with how you how you do things and how you approach things because you can't be you can, you can approach it on multiple fronts. People can protest if people want to protest against against the ownerships, then they, they can. We can, you know what I mean. If you know, like you, two weeks removed from you being ready to storm the gates of Anfield, you, you know you, yourself, it's all these things can can exist in their own in, in their own way, but also you know. It's it's a it's a different world from Hicks and Gillette, and I think that's the difference when people are asking the question, why aren't Liverpool approaching it the same way that Man United are? Because I think there's there's a there's a difference to how there the is, both clubs there, are being there, run. There absolutely is. I mean, for a start, they've had 15 years of you know what looks like terrible ownership, and I think fans of some other clubs are getting hung up on the how much they've spent. It's it's the 1.4 billion that they've taken out. Mm-hmm. You know, where would the club be without that type of thing? And I, and I understand that, but FSG are different to to to, to obviously the Glazers in that regard, and they they've run the club really well. Mm-hmm. They've made they've made a lot of mistakes, 
and some huge mistakes that I can't forgive. Mm-hmm. But that generally speaking, the club has improved. It's 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 improved its commercial side of things. It's improved the stadium. It's improved the training ground. It's improved the team. It's won the it's won the big trophies that we won. So for, for you know, for if it was a graph, they've done this and then they might go down. But generally speaking, they're on the way upwards, and, and that's what you've kind of seen with Liverpool and and their ownership. Now. I personally, and I will only talk for myself, I'm not talking for other Liverpool fans, I'm not trying to rally a cause here. I genuinely believe the only way the football changes in this country is if legislation is brought in to change the ownership. I don't see that storming the gates and asking to get rid of one billionaire to shout long live the billionaire in the the, the (laughs) other hands, you know, is the right way to fucking go about it. Like, it's just not not for me. It's true, isn't it? And that's that, you're right, because... The thing that scares me about this is look at all the look at all the different owners that were in the pot for this Super League stuff. You've got every type. Yeah. Every they're not all the same. And but they, they, what you've got there is like you choose your fighter. Who do you want? What type of billionaire owner do you want for your football club? Because there's your choice. Yeah. Sport washers. Yeah, sport washers, dodgy, you know, billionaire oil magnates, you know what I mean? All these kind of things. There's no one's no one's clean in in this regard. They, they all come with their own different sets of problems and they all come with the problems that you've got to, you have to be accepting of. Um, and again, I don't, I want to feel, I don't want to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going to, to, I don't think FSG are perfect owners in any way, shape or form. And I'm, I'm, I'm all for them being held accountable. I want to make that perfectly clear in all of this, but you're dead right. Is that what we actually need is to change the, change the rules. Because until the rules are changed, you're going to take them out and you're just going to get another variation. So you've done, you've tried that type of billionaire owner. Go and have a look on the rack and go and see what the other ones are. Okay, well, let's go and get an oil state in charge of us. You've got horrendous human rights um, situations behind them. Is that what we want? Some people might go, yeah, because they've got all the money to go and buy all the players. That's Sound, me. But that's not for me, exactly. And, and, and that's, that's where our, our problem is slightly different, is that... The gla- you're right, the Glazers, and there's probably not a million miles difference between the Glazers and FSG in, so- in some regards, because again, they're not like, they're, they're, they're privately wealthy individuals, you know, and they've not come from, they're not like, it's not an entire country that's that, that's backing it, it's not like a, it's not a royal family that's backing it, it's not X, Y, and Z, it's not an, an individually rich person who may have acquired a lot of oil rights in strange and interesting in interesting ways. Um but it's in how they've it is in how they've managed the club, and that's the thing, isn't it, Sam? You need to change the way you need to change the environment because let's let by all means let's let's hound FSG out, let's go for it. But this is very much a situation. This is not like get rid of your manager when there's tons of different. They're managers. actually probably the best of the worst. They're the best of the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. In a lot of ways, I actually think they're probably when you look at the actual facts and figures on paper. I'd probably say alongside Leicester and to an extent Tottenham because of their growth. There's nobody better than them. And, and if you look below the championships, a mess. Every single club is working at over 100% wages to turnover ratio. Football's fucked. So the fact that we've got owners that are trying to make us sustainable, should they run away or should something happen that we can actually survive it, is, is a good thing. Um, we need to stop measuring owners in general against your scout's next door neighbour whose dad and granddad's been going to match since 1920 because the truth is they're not them at all. They're a million miles from that. So I think we need to be careful with that as well. They're going to make loads of mistakes. Personally, I'm at peace with most of them as long as when they step over the line, we go, whoa, and then we pull it back. As long as they do that, I'm okay because they're going to push the line because that's what they do. 
Um, one thing I find really interesting with all this is obviously we've mentioned before about, you know, you just touched on the Super League there about, you know, Chelsea and United, uh, City fans have basically gone quiet out and then they say, oh, well, we're not geopolitical experts, so we're not going to get involved. Fine. But then the flip side is you can't also have fans that are not financial experts kicking off. Um, I think the issue is with United is that's going to be is that although Liverpool fans put lots and lots of pressure on Hicks and Gillette, the truth of the matter is, in my opinion, if they would have had that fat loan refinanced, we'd have probably still been protesting now. It comes yeah. down to money. And if there's no money behind pushing Manchester United out, they've got no chance. What they need to do is maybe take stock a bit Try what SOS are doing because they you know it's brilliant. You know, I'm not a member of SOS, but it's brilliant. We've got to credit everything that all those entities are doing. And they also need to start hitting them in the pocket. Yeah. I know there's some problems with Adidas at the moment where they're basically pulling pulling um, ranks saying, Well, why aren't you selling shirts? That's where they need to hit them. I think if they can impact them financially, they will get success. Well, this is where Mick, this is where the FSG stuff is interesting because there's no just because there's been no protest yet doesn't mean there'll be no protest because if if we want fan representation on the board let's just say that's the bare minimum aim of this and let's just say they go absolutely no no chance because why would we why would we dilute our holdings or or something like you know what I mean that's I'm sorry that board ownership of different things but you take my point on this you, you, Sam's point about hitting in the pocket makes perfect makes perfect sense that become that's a that that we could well see that down the line because if we find a world where they're not prepared to engage and they're not prepared to make you know to to make acceptances for what Liverpool fans require and need well then yeah you go and start putting pressure on Nike and you go and start putting pressure on Standard Chartered and you go and do this you then go to look to lower the value of the club so they go it's not worth our efforts it's actually more valuable to us to 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 accede to some of the the, the fan demands compared to what it's what it's costing us financially from sponsorships or whatever it's just that we're not the point is I'm making is that we're not at that stage yet but we might well find ourselves at that stage. And the United protests, actually, I think, in some regards, help us yeah. because something SOS's hand. Yeah, because it's shown mm. we can. We if Man United fans who can do that, there's no way Liverpool fans can't do exactly the same thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you get into with especially with the owners that Man United have got, like they're willing to spend money. But I think a lot of Liverpool fans as well. There's a lot on Twitter that want like oil rich money and like just load of mad owners who they want to bring Mbappe in and all these other type of players which would be great if it happens but I think we've got a higher level haven't we as Liverpool fans we want we want we want the money spent but we also want owners who aren't just taking the piss and who aren't just gonna come in and do what Man City did and just kind of take the game by storm and just put as much money into the into the into the um, squad as they can and, and go from there we've got a higher expectation that but yeah that that could be a thing that that, that happens in the future I mean like I said, this meeting, <clears throat> this meeting today with Billy Hogan, I think that's, um, I think that's key. I think, I think, hopefully that that goes in the right way we want it to, and um, yeah, we can kind of get get a clear indication of what we need to do going forward to to kind of remedy remedy that, that these type of things because we can't we can't have a situation where this happens again, and yeah. and, uh, and and this this continues to happen. I mean, like a Man United fan storming the ground is something that I didn't think I'd ever see, and the fact that it did happen it proves that. It's possible in, in other stadiums, and it's possible yeah. for the, the the Ferrari that's been surrounding this whole thing is it, it's willing it's willing fans to do that, and that we, we don't want a situation where that continues to happen. Yeah, uh, look, and, and it is the thing as far as the, the the protests and stuff go. Let's get this out out the way up front. Like there's there's there there were. 
the acts of individuals within those protests where people took it too far. But the problem we have, we have because of the way football is, and this will have, this happened by the way in in the ESL protests. But all the negatives got totally glossed over because the media were, were so bought into getting rid of the ESL. Sky were the were the absolute champions of all yep. the ESL protests, yep. and yet now they're happy to they're happy to you know to to highlight all the bits and pieces of all the of all the the, the negative side, and all the media are now going. Well, what about the guy who threw the tripod? And what about the guy who was, who was on the crossbar? And what about this and that? Rather than look, looking at the actions of a few stupid things, it's football, and that's the thing that we have to be careful of. No one condones those things. I mean, look, picking up a fucking tripod and throwing it on the floor, there's a good chance that's just someone who's, who's freelancing. That's just an independent mm-hmm. photographer, and you just gone and smashed this thing, and he's got to go to repay that. He's not a multi-million pound, you know, a sports production company or whatever. Um and the, the, you know you see in the couple of incidents, I don't like the fact that they've become the talking points. But it goes. It's, I was thinking, but it's like, it goes back to like the coach, Liverpool coach greetings. I still have it. I still found members of the weekend going about. Oh, and you, 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 you attacked the Man City bus. Like we didn't attack the Man City bus. We greeted the both coaches and, a, and an idiot threw a threw a bottle and smashed the window on the Man City coach. But people, there's yeah. loads of people. You, you didn't see us there that. with our fucking spikes rolling them out as the bus is coming through. Like you know what I mean. Like, you know what I mean. That's just not what happens. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true, and that's that's the. But as I we could be careful. I'm not condoning, the, you know, it's a, it's a situation where people are being being hurt. That's where it takes it too far. But, but peaceful protests. I think there's a time for peaceful protests, and there's a time for when protests have to escalate. And I, and I think you've got to be careful with this, by the way. So I'll try to choose my wording on this as carefully as possible. No, Man United fans have been protesting peacefully for 15 years. Yeah. We've protested. How many times have like this government's been protested peacefully? Doesn't get covered. But the second that it turns nasty, it does get covered. But then it only gets covered from the nastiness, and people overlook it. So it, it's a it's a protesting paradox. I think is a really dangerous cycle that you get into here. You almost need to take it too far for everyone's eyes to be on it. But then people look at the wrong aspect of it. Um, the good thing here is that a message was sent. And everyone's having the discussion. I just, I, I hope it doesn't get lost in the. In all yeah, the look, I'm not. I, I think, I think some of the, the some of the behaviour was abhorrent. To be honest with you, I think kicking down doors and you know breaking equipment and all that type of stuff, injuring police officers, absolutely abhorrent. But there is a reason that these things happen, and it's that sort of pressure cooker. Although it's been a slow cook for 15 years of nothing happening when they've done the protests and it kind of waved and then it came back and all that type of stuff. You've got to look at the reasons behind the protest, not the actual protest itself. The protest itself will naturally take on a life of its own once it's there but why is the reason that they're all there that's the important thing that we've got to look Mm -hmm. at and having now watched that video that Ben did with uh, the lad from Stratford Paddock yesterday hearing their reasons doing my own research I now understand it and understood it anyway to be honest with you because I can see it from the outside we're close enough to know what Man United fans are going about but there's more actually just riding on this than, than meets the eye because you've got that new policing bill coming in soon and that's the Police Crime Sentencing and Court Bill that would basically allow the police to prevent protest gatherings, which has caused people serious unease or annoyance. And I'm reading from Melissa Reddy's article. It's incredibly far-reaching and will incredibly limit the ability for active protest in this country. So mm. actually, this that type of protest that we saw on Sunday could become illegal. Mm-hmm. And then if you take away our right to protest, man, what have you done there? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That's and true. yet the police will look at this and the government 
government will look at this and go, here's a reason to push that through. Yeah. 100%. Because that, that's, what, that's what they do. You look for little little action, little snapshots and little clips and go, well, this is what we want to vote. It's the reason why why fans ended up pending at football grounds and why they talk about it whenever you have pitch invasions. And we had this a little while where, where we were talking about when you had kids running on and getting getting shirts off, off players and be like, someone's got to just you've just got to self-police and stop that happening because they'll look for any excuse, particularly with football fans. My dad was talking about it on the show last week, but football fans are treated like animals. And if you think, and and, and particularly the, the Conservative government think football fans in, in that way, I'm not saying Labour don't, but, you know, Conservatives proven, have been yeah. proven over the years the Conservative government don't don't have any respect for football fans. That they would, If you think people are animals, like I'll give you a good example for people listening and watching home. If you think a player is shit, you will. It's it, it's very rare that you are convinced that a football player is not shit. Because in football, there will always be actions, misplaced passes. There will always be evidence that supports your opinion on that. And that's what they do with football: is they look for the small touch points and go right. This, this, this. Remember all these, and then the media is the one blows them up with the headlines and go. Ah, of course I remember these. This is though that we're trying to avoid those incidents. And you, you're dead right. It's a very dangerous sort of situation to be in. But it's but it's it's not. You, you, I think it's, a de- it's uh, Chris is dead right there, Sam. This is like when people go, oh, it's an, someone's an overnight sensation. Oh, they just appear out of nowhere and they're dead famous. Oh, I hate that. I hate when they yeah. just come out of nowhere. No one <laughs> comes out of nowhere. They say it takes 10 years to become an overnight sensation. You know, it's like this is 15 years worth of build-up and the touch paper was lit with the ESL. But it's not like it's come out of nowhere. And the idea that Man United fans haven't been protesting because they've been successful is fucking nonsense. But you, you've always, you do have there's always an inciting incident, and this is just this is just what this is. I actually disagree with you a little bit there, Paul. Okay. I actually think I actually think both Roy Keane and Graham Suness were both right, or whoever it was that was arguing with Suness. I feel that Suness was right in a sense that back in the day people were complaining, and what happened was. Those who have a moral integrity to the club. So, for instance, me in particular, if Saudi Arabia bought Liverpool Football Club, I wouldn't be watching Liverpool Football Club anymore. I've said that before, whether with you guys or whoever, because my personal moral compass was broken, right? So that happened at Manchester United. I know a guy who watches Barcelona, believe it or not, used to watch Liverpool, and he doesn't anymore, and he's involved with FC Liverpool now as well, what he was, because he that moral compass was broken when we sold to the Americans. People have different levels of sort of where that where that's gone. And I think a lot of that a lot of that happened with Manchester United. A lot of their fans said, right, I'm not having this. And they went and formed the new club or they left watching Man U. But because of their sustained success, a lot of people were able to just put it to the back of their minds. Mm-hmm. And I do think where Suness is right is its ratios. So there was a smaller amount of people back then who were willing to who were willing to walk away because it broke them their backbone a bit. Now it's gotten bigger because they're seeing, in my opinion, they're seeing what Liverpool have done, they're seeing what Manchester City has done. So it's more prevalent, it's it's relative. It's like Manchester City. Loads of their fans are really good people. I know loads of them. I've got cousins who support you, who City who are good socialist people, but they don't care about what their owners are doing because they're winning, because they're enjoying watching their football. And I think that is true, but it's also true that different people have different levels of it. So for us in Liverpool, if, if Liverpool suddenly start failing long-term, the FSG model, the mistakes that FSG have made would become more prevalent. More people yeah. would get on board with, with that. And I, I do think there's like, it don't have to be mutually exclusive, if that makes sense. It's, there's, no, it's I, agree. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with your point in that. The problem Man United have got with this is that there's so many Man United fans that, you know, not all, not most people are not going to go and support FC United of Manchester because why would you? Because you can't mm-hmm. see them on telly. You can't go to the games. 
you, you can't, you know, and you don't want to go and follow a team that's in the in the lower leagues. But it doesn't make the points, the overall points, any less valid. This is the thing you've got. Mm-hmm. A, you've got so many different thoughts for independent people. Like I'm seeing in the comments, there's people who think uh, I'm seeing ten different conversations happening, and then and then ten different opinions on each conversation from people who go every every opinion's wiped out because a policeman got a, got 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 hurt. And I'm seeing people saying that you're not allowed to protest because where were your protests when United were successful and all that? I think you've got to go sometimes because with the things have a groundswell sometimes, but it doesn't come it doesn't come from nowhere. And it's the has the point. My point is that is that these have been they have been ongoing the whole time. They've got a bit more weight behind them now, but that's that's fine. You can't. My my issue with this is like it's a bit like the what aboutism. It's like you can't listen to what Gary Neville's saying because Gary Neville once worked under the Glazers. Well, you're allowed to change your opinion. You're allowed to yeah. come to new things. You're allowed to gain new evidence yeah. that supports how, you, how your opinions Absolutely. change. I, the way I'm looking at this, right, and this might be the wrong way, but this is just how I'm looking at it. I looked at those videos. Could you tell me the the average age of the people that were in those videos that you probably saw? The the ones where like there's the the the, the door being kicked in looked like a lot of young people, but then there was mm-hmm. also I mean there was a good I think there was a good spread, but I think the ones maybe twenty five well, average cause, age. Cause let's be honest, 40, 50 year old fellas are not going to be doing Instagram stories. And these no, things yeah, but, but like yeah. that, so in those videos, I would say that the the, the majority of them would have been maybe twenty five to thirty. Yeah. Now you're mm. you're actually talking about an age, I think, anyway, where you you start to understand your political allegiances, you start to understand yourself a little bit better, where you sit in the world and how you view the world. These guys were ten when the Glazers took over, they're not going to be protesting at 10 under their own will. You know Mm. what I mean? So there is something that needs to be lit for them. Now, they may not have been protesting the entire time United have been shit Mm. in their adult life. Don't let's forget, United haven't won the league in eight fucking years. They've been shit for the last eight years and they weren't protesting. Mm -hmm. So what caused them to start this week? Well, the, the obvious answer is the ESL. Caused it, and and the ramification and the knock-on effect of that has lit the torch under a, a groundswell of people who actually weren't old enough to be protesting back in the day. That's well, what. That's where in the ways I look. Well, at this it. is one of those things, isn't it? People, you could be your partner could be cheating on you for for years and years and years. But as long as it's some people for some people, it's not being rubbed in your face. But if you come home and it's and they're in your bed. That's probably enough for you to go right. Okay, well, there's a, you know, for some people's lines exist in different places. Don't mm-hmm. don't they make it? I think you know that's what we're seeing, and, and it's worth worth having this point that all of our lines will, will exist in different areas over different over different subjects, and everyone watching at home will will have different nuanced opinions on all these things. But I, I, you know, the the, thing, the issue where this comes from is that. It was organised. The protests were organised up until the point where a door got kicked in at Old Trafford and they got on the pitch and people realised, what do we do now? And, the, you know, there was people who got banners in and I've got no problem with them. But the problem is, of course, when you when organisation ends, anarchy sort of reigns and that's what we kind of, kind of add, was you had a bunch of people who gotten that far were a bit hepped up, mob, mob rule, mob mentality. And stupidity happens after the back of that. And I don't want to feel like I'm brushing off some of the more <clears throat> unsavoury moments of it. But also, it, it, it is the kind of thing that sort of happens in those situations. But they have, you do have to be careful because you can't continue to do that. You need to make sure that the platform's created and your message still gets across and doesn't get lost in the noise of, the again, those unsavoury moments. Yeah, and, and stuff like this, it does hurt the message. Like, the, the message that you want to make is that you, you want those owners out. And I think going above and beyond, like, I mean... 
there's people with like fucking shopping bags, wasn't he? They were obviously out for a loaf and just saw a load of people going to <laughs> fuck this. Hey, mate. Right. Fancy- I ended up, I, I ended up in the city coach greeting with a bag for the food banks, mate. I had a big fucking bag, didn't I? And I couldn't get anywhere near the food banks at the city coach. I didn't get down early enough. So I just left me fucking bag of food on the floor in the end because I couldn't carry it anymore. This is how you end up in that situation with Asda bags. Unplanned. Well, it speaks to the unplanned situation. But, you know, but that's the thing. You got to... It, you you know what it was a bit like, Mick? It was a bit like the second day of, of Liverpool title celebrations. So the night we won it against with Chelsea Man City, there were thousands of people at Anfield. And I went down to that and it was fun, and it was just the greatest feeling of outlawing of a pour of love I've ever felt in my life. And a similar thing happened at the docks the next day, but you it just went a bit far. And things do go a bit far when you get people together, particularly in the current world where people aren't allowed out, haven't been allowed out their houses and all this kind of stuff. That was the that's Again, I don't want to feel like I'm making apologies for for, for stupidity, but stupidity exists, and it shouldn't tarnish the and any any intelligent sort of thing that went that went before it. Yeah, and that, that's what I mean. That's why like stuff like this it does hurt the message, and it is a shame that that like that, that type of stuff does happen. Like you said, um, with 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 us with on the docks, and there was fireworks getting thrown, and there was all types of shit happening, wasn't there? And you kind of like, well, that outpouring of emotion is now getting tarnished with that all those scouts is at it again and, and it's kind of well that you're hurting your own message and i, I know it's it's not preventable really in, in certain circumstances if someone kicks a door down and you're out having guns going for a loaf and you thought yeah let's go and fancy a little free trip on into old traffic let's get in there and it's yeah. but stuff like that it just doesn't yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't help and i know it's yeah it's i'm hoping stuff like that won't be a, a continuing thing because it, like you said if we want our our owners, as, as an English collective, we want all these. If we want these owners to fix up and, and and be better in the future, stuff like this is, I guess, is necessary in a way because, like you said, the torch paper's been lit, and um, to, like you said, a long a long time coming. Found this that this has kind of been the catalyst for it all, and yeah. from this, well, we're hoping that something good can come for it. From it, yeah. Well, we said this, you know, Man United are a public limited company. You know, they they they've, they they float on the stock exchange you need to be able to damage that you can damage their share price so it makes sense in some regards stopping games of football at old trafford and damaging uh, you know sponsorships and all that kind of stuff can can hurt them and that's the, that that you know it's it's far more easy it's far it's a very effective way for manchester united fans to get involved um, i just want to talk Chris, briefly about like, some of the a bit more of the sky coverage and what have you which i just thought was a bit i mean i i, I was I, I was dipping in and out of it a lot um but I mean, for a start, I genuinely get so much pleasure from watching the so-called highly paid professionals having to fill, having had to do that so many times myself over the years. Uh, I love doing it. I think it's a genuine thrill. But I, I, I like the fact that they had nothing to talk about. But it told you everything you need to know about Sky on this. I think Gary Neville needs to stop chucking Liverpool fans and Liverpool's issues onto the same onto the same bonfire a lot of the time when. There's plenty to talk about from the Man United perspective and things, but also Sky going, oh, look at these protests. Oh, look at the thing. What should Manchester United be doing in the summer? What players should they be buying now? It's, I mean, it, it just goes to show the fucking Sky are just as complicit in as much of this as anything. Well, they are because it's always what's next, what's next, what's next, and not what's now, what's happened, what's gone before, um, and that's a, that's an issue for them. I think you know, from a programming point of view, I would like to comment and stuff. But what I will say on Gary Neville is, it's very easy for him to criticise Liverpool Football Club. And it's very easy for him to criticise the owners, and he's criticised Manchester United's owners. He has, but 
he wouldn't criticise the fans. And I think, you know, anybody who will have watched the video that we did live, I was very much staunchly of the opinion watching that as it goes live throughout the afternoon on Sunday that I backed their right to protest. Uh -huh. But as soon as I saw them kicking doors down right at the end of the video, I was like, that's too far. Yeah. United, I, I'm sorry, we saw videos on Twitter of Gary Neville talking to that police officer and yet there was no mention of that. It was all peaceful protests, peaceful protests, peaceful protests. And it begs the question, why didn't you mention that on air yeah. when you've just been caught speaking to him prior to you coming back on and still talking about peaceful protests, which says, and I hate this way because I think it's thrown around too much, that there is some kind of an agenda, whether that be to not show the whole truth. Maybe that's just the agenda because they don't know the lay of the land yet. Yeah. But if they are... And they are, at times, news, Sky Sports. Even if it's covering the football, they are news at times. They should have put that out there, that they knew that the police had been hurt during the show. From when I saw it, they didn't. Mm -hmm. Neville and Carragher saw that, no mention of it. Yeah. And I don't like the fact that they've covered that up. Yeah, and you don't... I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? You don't know what what they have and haven't got access. I mean, for God's sake, they asked him a Gary Neville a question at one point and he was off, he didn't even have his earpiece in. And they were laughing about it because obviously they've all been caught on, on the hop with it. I think Gary Neville's in a very tricky position at the moment um Sam where I think he's found himself thrust into the limelight of this and I think he's actually quite happy to do it and I think he's been a very positive voice over the last few weeks I, I'm glad that some of his platforms done it but also he needs to be careful what he does next because I think it's an interesting point now that you know a lot a lot of this stuff is he's he's led the charge and him, for, there's a lot of people who have been incited by a lot of his by his words and actions, and people have taken that heart, and people have, have have jumped on the barricades as a result. What he does next, I think, is going to be very interesting because, uh, to our point there, you know, you've got Micah Richards in the studio going, I, "I'm I'm an ambassador for Manchester City," says it up front, so I can't say X, Y, and Z about about Manchester City, and you know, and Gary Neville's got his own interest. He's finally sort of rallied against the Glazers and whatever, but he has a vested interest in football. He has a vested interest in the money that comes down the pyramid because he owns a football club down the mm -hmm. pyramid. And what he says moving forward, that, you know, I think I think he did the right thing to keep the fans on side. But it, yeah, it's going to be, it's a fine line here where we need, we need to see what his interests are in it moving forward, really. I actually think Carragher is going to be a better spokesperson for it because... He hasn't really got any vested interest anywhere else. All right, he supports Liverpool, fine. Yeah, okay. We need, we get that. He's pretty clear about that. But uh, Neville's an interesting one because, you know, reading between the lines, you could almost argue some of what Neville said and continued to say on Sunday almost incited it, almost bring it on. It was like, this is okay, this is peaceful. And I didn't like that. I've got no issue with Man U doing what they want to do. I was disappointed the game got cancelled. That's its own conversation. But I don't care what Man United do. If they want to storm the ground, good for them. It makes good viewing for me on the telly. It's madness. It's crazy. But you know what? If they've got their own cause, go for it. But what I don't like is Gary Neville inciting violence. Or, or, or not inciting it, almost backing it up. When and, and he kept making it about the Super League and Man United fans. And Jamie Carragher said this on Monday. He said, this is beyond the Super League. This is bigger. This is about what I was talking about before. This is about different people's lives being broken at different times along the way. Mm. And he kept talking about the Super League because he wants it to be about the Super League because yeah. that's where he can relate to it more. But he needs to be careful because his business partner, Peter Lim, has got very similar kind of traits to the Glazers and, and what they did at Valencia. So he's got to be careful where he puts himself because he's up in the fire line at the moment. Yeah.
Yeah, it is. It's it's an, it's definitely an interesting thing. I mean, no one's no one's agenda free, and in, in, in this mix is the point that's worth making on all this. You know, we we're certainly not. You know, whether it's a big, massive, massive thing or not, everyone's got their own slants and opinions and, and all these kind of things. Everyone's got their own vested interest, whether it's just from wanting to go and watch a game of footy to having, you know, finances tied up in it and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I think that the thing with this is that I think Neville's trying to position himself as a neutral in this all, whereas I actually think his time is, now that the ESL stuff's out the way, I think his time is probably better served actually focusing on the on the things. I think he could be a very good voice for Manchester United. Moving forwards, but again, it's going to be interesting to see how he does, how he positions himself over the next day, over the next few days and weeks. Yeah, and it's like, like you said, the, that that bit with the with the police officer, and you can see, like like Chris said, that they, they were speaking to the police officer Carragher and Alan Neville, and then the, I was thinking Neville's definitely not going to say anything, but I expected Carragher to at least say, well, just been speaking to an officer there, and he's got like like a gashed eye, and like nearly lost his eye apparently. So I mean, they've obviously just said we're not we're not going to speak about that on there because we're Waiting till it all um, blows over or to con- confirm what happened first, but I understand yeah. that part as well. But yeah, it's I think Neville's he, he tries to, like you said, Paulie tries to make Liverpool and Man United like a, it's like a joint effort in his mind. It's like, well, we should be yeah. the two bastions because we've been here longest. We're, we're the two biggest clubs in, in the country, we need to be side by side with this, and it's thrown us in along with that. That kind of is annoying and it, and it annoyed Klopp didn't he when he was mentioning like you'll never walk alone and stuff like that and it comes back to that yeah. as well where he tries to lump us into the equation it's like well that's not like like Sam said do, you do your own thing if you want to do what you want to do like Gary Neville's got his own thoughts the fans have got their own thoughts you that's a separate they're a separate entity to us I understand that we're very similar in a lot of ways in terms of history and, and a lot of success and whatever but it's not right to just throw us into the into, into their works and kind of um, try and G, 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 G us up in, in, in a similar way like oh this is what Liverpool fans should be doing as well and it's like well yeah we've with this different stuff going on at Liverpool like there's a meeting today and like you said what, what comes from that comes from it but it's yeah. it's, dif- it's different to kind of yeah to, to do that and it's it's it's, it's, not, it's not I don't think it's fair to, 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 to tar us with the same brush as well I actually agree with a lot of what Gary Neville said I think you know that, that the competition side of the European Super League is what got me mm-hmm. that pissed me off like and and when he was doing his big speech on they tried to kill English football, I agree with all of what he said there, and that does need to be done, and repercussions do need to take place. But you, we've seen ourselves; it's on the agenda for later. The Premier League are trying to change that to make sure that that's not happening again. Like a lot of the owners have come out and apologised. The Glazers haven't, as far as I'm aware. Yeah. And that's the difference is he was throwing us in with them, yet while our owners have apologised. Now, they've done it twice, by mm-hmm. the way, Project yeah. Big Picture as well, so maybe their apology means nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it's what moves forward from here. And I think Neville's trying to make sure that something happens with it being legislation or something else to protect these clubs. And I think he's fighting for the right reasons. Yeah. I just don't like sometimes the way that he goes about it, lumping Liverpool in for what seems like no reason. Yeah, it's just to gain traction and... The, the, almost for the clicks. If he's not soft, is he? Knows, he knows what he's doing. But again, Gary Neville doesn't speak for us. Um, uh, well, I think it's just just your point. Actually, Rob Dawson. I've got a tweet here. Actually, um, 
Rob Dawson from ESPN uh, says, I was on the forecourt at Old Trafford on Sunday and saw fans who have had enough. Joel Glazer said he wanted to better communicate in his apology, but there was a fan forum on Friday and he wasn't on it. No wonder fans feel all they've got left is direct action and disruption. And that's the point. That's where that's why the situation is different. Is that they they want they Man United are after 15 years actually do fancy trying to pull a different a billionaire off the rack and see if a different one fits them a little bit better or you know, you've seen a lot of fit the 50 plus one stuff and that they've got that kind of at the core of what they're doing they they want to they actually de- they definitely want to change their ownership and also they want to change to the legislation and the, and the rules in which football clubs are owned and governed by and large and that's going and that's just me going back to the spirit of Shankly poll is that by and large what Liverpool fans want is in get a better engagement with their owners with the current owners and the change and a, and a change to the rules and that's why the, the guy, the, there is no yeah. One size fits all thing no, that covers both Liverpool no, and Manchester there, there United. There can't be. I mean, I must admit, I was listening when we were all discussing it before, and I kept my nose dry on, on a lot of this stuff. Is that you know when they, we were talking about like you know you got to hit them in the pockets and stuff like that. We've got it like Man United fans have got to hit the the Glazers in the pocket for the tune of about 120 million a season. Yeah. <laughs> right. Good luck with that, yeah. by the way, because their fucking revenues for a season with play with fans in the ground for an entire season doesn't actually hit that mark. Yeah. So they could literally not go to a game all next year and have no Man United fan go in, and they still wouldn't get anywhere near that 120 million because that's what they're taking out of the football club. Yeah. You know, it's going to be very difficult for Adidas to take 120 million when the deal's worth 45. Yeah. For example, you have to do it, and in, 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 it has to be so well thought out and planned that they're they're not going to do it because the Glazers don't work at Manchester United so you're going to have to make so much fucking noise that for me doing nothing I get £120 million a year how on earth are Manchester United fans without disrupting going to be able to do that no peaceful protest is going to work to the tune of £120 million a year exactly no peaceful protest you've got got to to destabilise the value of the brand that's what they've got to do they've got to to, that's why they picked the biggest game in the calendar exactly exactly Exactly, and that's why they do that, not Roma, because I've seen people asking that question again, because the eyes are not on the Roma game. They're not, not in the same way. It's the Europa League. It would have probably caused more disruption, though. It would have caused probably more disruption, though, if they were in that game, because there was no chance of getting that game replayed, so it would have caused chaos. Yeah, but but you then you then lose the ability. They won't be able to do that again, because I've seen people saying this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just do it again. They won't. You'll never get a fan on the pitch at Old Trafford again. No. That'll never happen again. They won't allow it. Because they'll barricade round Old Trafford. It's it's, it's a it's an open walkway at the moment, round by the Trinity yeah. statue and stuff. You can just walk there. That because Liverpool did this, it didn't really get covered. We talked about it last week when ahead of the Newcastle yeah, game. The they barricaded the edges because the talk was we were going to block the coach to stop it getting in. And you could do it on the street, but you couldn't actually do it outside Anfield because you couldn't get close enough to Anfield because they put bar- barriers up and what have you. That's the point: is that you you do it at Roma. But the the point is, you're right, Sam. Yeah, more disruption in terms of where you fit in a European game in. But like Super Sunday, the entire eyes of of the na- of the nation and the, the biggest game in English football, the biggest game in the biggest league worldwide. Like, that would have had more viewers yeah. than the Europe. One hundred percent. Where they fit, where they fit it in is a different is a different thing. But it was the act the act of of, of of how you get people to look at it. One point I just want to raise actually because I know people talk about the this thing. The police are not blameless in any of this, by the way. I don't want to get too lost in all that. But like, when 
there's a lot of police money with knobheads as well, by the way. I just want to make it very clear on this without tarnishing an entire institution. But like, you know, the way that, the way that these things get handled is not necessarily particularly well done by the police. There's a lot of people, members of the police, who actually love a good protest because they love getting stuck in God. We saw it at like the women's protest and the peace, the peaceful yeah. protest for, for, for women's rights and women's safety where people were getting getting their heads batoned for literally sitting around in a sitting around in a park and stuff. So I don't the idea that like you know as soon as a policeman gets hurt, that is a reason why everything should be written off is a bit of a nonsense because the police don't do themselves a lot of favours in these kind of situations too. Um but yeah Chris you alluded to it before um there's a plan now coming into place the Premier League are looking to bring in a new owners charter to start future attempts to join a breakaway Super League. Um, right uh, the, we'll put the link to the article so people can have a little read for themselves on the BBC website I get it I get what they're doing here but like it's funny how this kind of stuff can be rushed through and all, all effectively this is is a set of rules that say you can't go away and join a breakaway European Super League I mean they're doing this once again. We're like, aren't we? Oh, the Premier League. They're going to do, do your wishes to safeguard the future of the Premier League, to safeguard the sanctity of the Premier League. It's just, there's so many fucking wider issues that they could have actually been doing, they could have moved to address. But it's, it, it speaks to the greed of the Premier League. Well, the greed more. of the Premier League shockingly mirrors the greed of the owners of the football <laughs> clubs, doesn't it? And what the Premier League are doing is they are ring-fencing self-them as the only league that can ever exist in much the same way as I'm sure the the, the Football Association would have liked Division 1 to be ring-fenced 25, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the thing is... I can't sit here two weeks ago and tell you that competition is the thing that annoyed me and sat here earlier today and said the competition is the thing that annoyed me. Why can't another league spring up? Yeah. Why can't uh, another European uh, Super League spring up with different rules and regulations that might be better than the Champions League? Why do we always have to settle for the devil that you know? Like, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's the choice here. It's, it's one devil or another. There's never anything that's that's been brought to the table that actually looks better These are not the noble ambitions no, for the aren't. Premier League. This is them protecting their money, and that's what it's all about. They just want they want they don't want the six clubs to leave, not because they're asked about the spirit of competition. It's because of the money they take with them, yes. and they want it. They want to shackle them in for that re, for for that reason. And I, and I, you know, when you you think about all the things that have been the, been the problems, all the things you've got in. And we talked about this before. If we could get behind, if we could motivate ourselves in the way that we do about our, the sanctity of our football clubs and the sanctity of our league to eradicating things like fucking racism and abuse and all the other horrible things that make the world and football loads worse. But why, if we put that energy into that, imagine what we could actually we, achieve. It's, it's, it's shocking, but right, let me tell you, let me ask you a question here. Who takes the risk with, within the Premier League? Who takes the risk of paying the players the wages, paying the transfer fees, is it the Premier League? No, it's the clubs, right? So the clubs were trying to look after themselves and safeguard their money that they spend each and every season to try and get into Europe. So I understand the reasons. I don't agree with the the, the decision that the clubs made of going and starting a Europe, European Super League. What risk do the Premier League have here? Do they... It's not like Sunday League where they maintain the pitches. Do the Premier League pay for the pitches? No. Do they pay for the training facilities? No. What did they pay for? Fuck all. Right? Because yeah. they don't give enough money to the pyramid either. Yeah. So they all they do is they're just middlemen. 
They're just a fucking load of middlemen in suits to cream off loads of fucking dough that these clubs make and generate every season and palm it into their big bags of money into yeah. the fucking walls because after war, after money's been fucking washed before, it's even got to here from Manchester City and the likes. You know what I mean? So what? What? what like? Is how can how can, why can't another league start up? Why can't another league start up with twenty football clubs, ninety football clubs, and do it better, fairer, share the money better, go into Europe, agree to it? Why are the two fucking darts world championships, Paul? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why the fuck does anyone need two darts world championships? Well, at some point, someone decided that this was shit and we want to do another one. Yeah. Why can't why can't football leagues exist in how England many, that aren't the Premier League? How many heavyweight titles? There's like fucking ter- <laughs> twenty million of the fuckers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone a world champion everyone's yeah. a world champion the, the self-interest in it is the thing it's like it's a bit it's got it's got very uh, star wars prequel trilogy vibes about it of like <laughs> look at these naughty people who've done these naughty things what we're gonna do is we're gonna right to end that we're gonna give ourselves some more powers to stop this from happening again everyone goes oh yeah well that'll stop a breakaway super league and it just means the premier league just consolidates everything they've got already um right can I just pull up a comment for here? Colin H has said the government fan-led review needs to come up with something that recognises a football club as a special type of organisation. Maybe still a business, yeah. but with limits and community involvement. Mm-hmm. And that's absolutely spot on for me, Colin. Yeah. Because I w- I've said this a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, you can't pick a football club up and move it. You can't start a second club down the road like it was a fucking co-op yeah. or, a, or an Asda. It, it's got to be treated in a different way somehow. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I just want to make a last few po- points on this before we, we wrap up. It's like, Look, people, people have got you. You've got your right to protest. People are allowed to protest, and I say we don't condone like when things go too far. But also, again, to make the point from earlier on, sometimes, sometimes things have to escalate beyond the norm in order for the attention to be, you know, to, to, for the spotlight to be put on it. And then once the spotlight's on, you've then got to use that spotlight in the right way. So it's going to be interesting to see what Manchester United and the Man United supporters just do, what Liverpool fans do, obviously what Spirit of Shankly do with the meeting with Billy Hogan and what comes of it. I don't think this goes away, uh, but there's a, there's a multifaceted approach to this and it's going to take a whole lot of different things. You know, protesting is going to be a very, very useful tool down the line. Um, I think for Liverpool and for Liverpool fans and for football fans in general, but we've got to make sure that we change the game, um, not just change the players in the game. Because while the rules remain the same, the rules are rigged and they're rigged against fans. Um, and we keep turning on each other and going, "Oh, look at those naughty United fans doing this." And yeah, look at the naughty individuals. They shouldn't. Have, they shouldn't. They shouldn't have gone too far. But let's not lose sight of the message. Um, yeah, uh, Luke Reese just sent a message and saying, "United fan here. Uh, this issue is bigger than our rivals, and I've liked this channel to get the opposition view." Point. Uh, he sends us in a super chat for fan solidarity. Thank you very much, Luke Reese. Uh, yeah, look again, fan solidarity. I'm look no, and I don't like this notion of like where was the Man United support when we were going against our owners. That, no, exactly. Again, what's gone before has gone before. I, I'm, I'm like I, I'm not going to go and protest. I'm not going to go to Man United ownership protests because it's nothing to do. That's nothing to do with me. Let they can have their own ownership protests. They can handle it the way they want to do, and they can get their own message across on that. But that's the point about this is you've got that going on and then there's a wider thing that, that encompasses everything where we all do need to make sure we've got our eyes on, on, on what happens from that and then I hope we get a positive outcome in all of this. Um, right, gents, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Mick. Uh, thank you, Chris. And thank you, all of you who've watched live here on YouTube. Uh, if you've enjoyed the live videos, then make sure you click the notification bell and get notified whenever we do go live. Um, mention we've got the Around the League show. So if you want a little bit more Manchester United insight on this, then head over to the redmentv.com and check out this week's Around the League show. 
Uh, the RedmanTV.com is our Liverpool streaming service. We cover uh, pre and post match, loads of bonus shows like this, and also we've got tons of documentary content, interviews, and features as well. So it's like a little bit of a Netflix for Liverpool fans. So do get involved with all of that. Uh, there is an exclusive competition. We've got an amazing prize for our club legend subs. Uh, some details on that will follow the podcast. Check it out, and we'll be back with another Redmen podcast next week. Ta-da.